Welcome to episode 40 of the Tough Draw Talks podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hughes. Appreciate you being along for the ride. Today, we are coming to you from Choctaw Casinos and Resorts in Durant, Oklahoma during the Durant Pro Rodeo. They have provided us an amazing location to record these podcasts, and we couldn't be more grateful for their involvement. Choctaw, celebrating the heritage of resilience and spirit. Choctaw Casinos and Resorts, get away to it all. Before we get started, we appreciate the hospitality Choctaw has shown having us out, but also a very big thank you to our presenting sponsor this year, the Lane Frost brand. We appreciate everything Stetson and the Frost family has done for us here at Tough Draw in all our ventures, including this podcast. Be sure and visit lanefrost.com for some amazing hats, shirts, and everything Lane Frost. And to celebrate one of the greatest legacies rodeo and sports in general has ever known. Make sure and use our discount code TDT15 to save on your next order. Our first roll of the dice here at the casino gets us a heck of a bullfighter from Oak Grove, Missouri. He is a Lane Frost brand athlete that competes in BFO, UBF, and does a great job in cowboy protection both at PRCA and PBR events. None other than the man in red, white, and blue himself, Tucker Lane. Tucker, what's up, man? How's it going today? Not much, man. Just... Just big chilling on my weekend off, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, that was a mouthful getting into that. I apologize. <laughs> I had to. Oh, man, here we go. But so you've listened to the podcast. We do some icebreakers and stuff like that. But we're going to do a little bit of a casino spin here since we're at Choctaw and mix things up. You ready? I'm always. All right. All right. You walk up to the bar here at Choctaw. What's your drink of choice? Uh, man, I don't, I don't drink a whole lot. I probably... Uh, I like a I like a lot of soda pop, but if I uh, if I'm absolutely trying to have a drink, I like Crown Apple with cranberry juice because Dad said cowboys shoot whiskey, <laughs> but I'm a little fruity. So <laughs> very cool. No, I mean when I walk up, I'm nine times out of ten I'm getting a Red Bull. So I hear you. I hear you. All right, are you superstitious or do you have any pre-event rituals that you like to partake in? Uh, I wouldn't say that I'm superstitious or anything. You know. Um, I may, I guess I make a lot of the other guys mad because they I always try to break their superstitions or whatnot. You know, I got a buddy like every time I'm like, hey, good luck. He's like, why would you say something like that? Um, but I mean, you know, the, I guess the only ritual I have is I always call for a fighting bull the same way. You know, I kind of pace back and forth up against the shotgun shoot um, to stay out of the middle of the arena because like sometimes there can be holes in the arena and stuff that can mess with your mind. So I just stay up against the shoot, and then you know when I walk to the middle. Um, I want the crowd clapping, and then as soon as I turn around, I want that fighting bull before I can change my mind. So. <laughs> it's game on at that point. Is uh, is telling somebody break a leg, is that off limits too? <laughs> uh, most of the guys get pretty butt hurt when you do stuff like that. But, I'm, you know, when, how I always say it is, you know how they say, don't be that guy? I'm yeah. that guy. You're that guy? All right. Um, all right. So in honor of, you know, poker, gambling, stuff like that, are you all in or are you a cautious player? Uh, I'm typically all in. Um, you know, uh, I always say my, tell myself that I'm going to win or I'm going to die trying. Unfortunately, the last few months I've died a few times. So uh, that's, a, that's a figure of speech, obviously. But yeah, uh, I, I try to lay it all out there and, and I pay a lot of times with my body, but um, I always put on a good show. Heck yeah, man. No, you definitely do. I've witnessed it in person many times. All right. They have a movie theater downstairs in the district, right? So what's your movie of choice if you can pick anything to put up there on the big screen? Uh, that's, well, that's a tough one. Um, 
Recently, I'm a huge Marvel superhero nerd. You know, okay. I love all of the new MCU stuff uh, and the superheroes. But if I absolutely had to pick one of all time, I would probably pick the Cowboy Way. I love okay. Woody Harrelson. And oh, so, dude, that yeah. movie is so funny. Yes, and oh and my gosh, I feel like Woody Harrelson always plays the same character, but I always feel like he's playing me. So the dancing, the dancing, and all the things. Oh yeah, that's a great movie. Um, so you're talking about superheroes. Who's your favorite superhero? Spider-Man. Spider-Man? Yeah, and okay. and it's like it's been it changes from time to time, but like, you know, my outfit's always based on Captain America, but um Spider-Man, he, you know, he's he's a goat. Very cool. Very cool. My favorite superhero is Batman. Do you have any conjecture about is batman a superhero or not uh, no a lot no, of people it, give me crap no about it that. doesn't bother me uh with super, <laughs> we, me and my dad actually like just two days ago we're talking about if spider-man and batman got in a fight oh and man it's like, batman well no because like batman uses the <laughs> darkness and shadows and stuff spider-man has a spider sense he sees it all coming so got them every time um all right so this is kind of a staple question that i love to kind of throw out there before we get into everything but what's the best compliments you've ever received um, man, that's tough. Uh, I think the the one that means most is just like, um, I was just told that I was really giving, um, you know, I, uh, I just try to stay, I try to remember where I come from. You know, I learned how to fight bulls at a rodeo bobble camp. So I teach like, I teach bullfighting at six or seven rodeo bobble camps throughout the year, two kids who are 12 to 18 and, you know, we get size appropriate stock and we teach them the fundamentals and everything. So, um, you know, like, I mean, it was never, I never thought I would get a compliment going and doing that stuff because I just really enjoy it. Yeah. But um, some of the staff members there just always make sure to um, let me know that I'm appreciated and those always go a long way. That's awesome. Heck yeah, man. That's awesome. And like I said, that's always a great question to just kind of dive right in. But, you know, you had just alluded to those to those camps and different things. How did you get into bullfighting? Give us a little bit of background about you and how did you arrive at becoming a bullfighter, both, you know, freestyle, cowboy protection? We'll kind of define the two in a little bit. But just in general, how did you get into all this? Well, um, well, my parents named me after Lane Frost to start. And uh, so, you know, as soon as I was old enough to know, um, what that meant. Um, I was extremely attracted to rodeo. Um, I, uh, at first I didn't want to ride bulls. I wanted, I wanted to rope. Um, but my parents, uh, we couldn't afford a horse. So I just started going and entering in the bull riding and, or in the calf riding, steer riding, stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And, and, um, and I got pretty good at it, um, at a young age. Um, we got, we finally got a little bit of money. My parents bought me a horse and I just, I didn't get along with it. It, mm-hmm. um, it throw me off and fall on top of me and everything else. So I was just like, this, this isn't it. So I yeah. started riding bulls and, uh, junior bulls, steers all the way. And then got to like 16 and I'd been riding full grown bulls for two years now in the high school rodeo. And I, I just wasn't, wasn't getting it figured out. But like, to be fair, I, I wasn't bad, but the guys I was traveling with in my high school rodeo were guys like Creek Young, oh, J.R. Stratford, yeah. uh, Colton Hevelo, all guys who are killing it at the pro level right now. Yep. So who knows if I was actually any good or not. I just wasn't <laughs> any good compared to those guys. Yeah. Well, so, that's, a tall, that's a tall task to compare yourself to. Right. <laughs> so um, so I went on and uh, I tried bullfighting one time at a ready Bible camp. And like, as soon as I touched my first bull on the head, like, um, just lit my world up. You know, I, I heard a guy say one time, the two most important days of your life are the day that you're born and the day you find out why. And that was the day I found out why. Oh, wow. Like, I instantly I knew this is what I'm supposed to do. I love every second of it. Um, 
all I can think about when I'm not doing it is how can I get to where I can do it again, um, you know. And like, you know, people bullfighting is a full time job, yeah. but it's not the actual bullfighting part. Like, there's yeah. a lot of things that come with it, and in, in the business and the sponsorships and the social media and all of that stuff that you have to learn to do. And while all of that stuff can get to be a drag sometimes, I've never been uh, upset with being in the arena and and getting to do that part of it absolutely man no that's that's actually really cool that's an awesome saying to for people to really think about you know um figuring out that why like that's that's so cool why you're here um all right freestyle bullfighting cowboy protection so, so you started you yeah. started with bull riding right so were you naturally drawn to cowboy protection Absol- first? absolutely i didn't even know freestyle bullfighting was a thing okay. um but at the same time that i was transitioning from bull riding to bullfighting the bullfighters only had taken off you know i remember yeah. sitting in class watching the bfo live stream where ross hill was doing a selfie like with the live stream <laughs> phone yeah um so like it, it definitely caught my eye but when i was at my first school like freestyle wasn't attractive because of that fear of calling for a fighting bull not too different from from harp you know um but whenever i got into it like my my teacher uh, dakota knight um he just continued to push me to a level um that i didn't know i could have yeah and he was like don't do it because you think you should do it because i think you should and just trust that i know what you're doing and and i really did trust that he knew more about me than i did at that point you know i was only 17 yeah so um just that wisdom right so that that kind of and he he's not super much older than me anyway but so he got me into that freestyle bullfighting and and i went down to my first competition in mercedes texas it was like 16 hours yeah um and I ended up winning the bullfight and drawing some bulls that were that were pretty tough to get by. But I didn't I didn't know any better. Yeah. Um. And the producer of that bullfight, he actually he's he's like my full on mentor now. He gets all my videos and everything. His name is Robert Blue Jeans. He grabbed me afterwards and he was like, "Kid, this is like." He said, "You've got it." He said, "Not very many guys come along that you just know instantly have it." He said, "But you do." Yeah. And he said, "You need to get into as many of them bullfights as you can and go out and make a name for yourself." And so that you know that's kind of what I've been trying to do since since 2018. Yeah. Um, I went out and um, I've called for world champion fighting bulls. You know, I fought the unicorn, I fought Hugh Hefner, and and different bulls of just extremely high caliber. Um, but I've drawn really good as well. You yeah. know, at my when I went to my first bullfighters only event, I ended up uh, in a round with uh, Tanner Zarnetsky, Zach Call, and Dusty Tuckness. And oh just gosh. just outdrew those yeah. guys, and so I ended up beating them. Yeah. And you know, for me at my first event to beat Dusty Tuckness, who is arguably the greatest bullfighter ever, yeah, um, just really gave me the confidence to know that, like, I'm doing this right. Like, yeah. this is what I'm supposed to do. Like, you always feel that, but to get confirmation is really nice too. But it is yeah, so um, that you know. But at the end, for me, it's always just been about controlling the bull. Mm-hmm. You know, um, just like Harp said, you know, bullfighting is bullfighting. Uh, the best bullfighters in the world, you can just pick out a spot in the arena and they can move that bull to that spot. Yeah. Whether in freestyle, you're just moving a bull to your left or to your right. But in protection, you're dragging him away from a from a, a rider and everything yeah. like that. But it's all about getting in close to a bull and then controlling him. Yeah. And like, I, you know, I, them bulls, they have attitudes and everything else. I always think of it as like playing tag with a five-year-old. Like <laughs> as long as he thinks he can win, he's gonna play. Yeah. But as soon as he knows he can't, he quits. Yeah. And so that that constant enticement of no, you can hit me. And then when you move out of the way the last second, and you can feel their hearts drop because you know they've been trained for millions of years that when they hit something, they win. Yeah. And for them to swing and miss, it it makes me feel bulletproof. <laughs> That's cool. 
That's really cool. Makes you feel like a superhero, right? Right. Um, you alluded to, so starting in Mercedes 2018, talk a little bit about some of your big successes. I know you've made the world finals in both BFO and UBF. Yeah. Talk so, a little bit about those and so that, some of your bigger events. So that first year, um, I went to Ada. I ended up third in that event, and it paid like five grand. Yeah. I, had, I had never had more than $500 in my bank account ever, and I won five grand that, that day. <laughs> so um, I... Uh, I I quit working for the the amateur rodeos that I was doing. I ha- I probably had a few of them, um, and at first I was just like, "Hey, I w- I need a couple of these dates off." And he was like, "No, you either have to do all the rodeos or none of the rodeos." I was like, yeah. "Okay." So I quit working for that guy and went on just full time freestyled. Um, I went on to qualify for the BFO World Finals and the Ruffy Cup that year. I finished ninth in the world standings that year. Very cool. Um, and that was just kind of my first rookie year. And yeah. and one of the cool things, um, BFO come out with a poster for the finals that year, and it just said the world's best bullfighters. Mm-hmm. And um, the two rookies on there were were myself and Chance Mormon. Oh, nice. And then, yeah. like, Chris Furr, Toby Inman, Ross Hill, Weston Nikowski, like, just legends of the game are on this on this poster and then right at the bottom is, is, is myself and Little Chance Mormon. Me. <laughs> and so just to be a part of that was, was really cool. Which um, both of y'all are tearing it up now. Right. I mean, yeah. Chance has gone on and won world titles now. Yeah. So, yeah. um, but no, um, I pretty much finished ninth, um, the first two years at BFO and then, um, the UBF kind of got started up and I went to their finals. I finished sixth in those standings that year. Um, and then 2021, that was kind of my big year where I started winning, um, winning events that I was usually taking second and third at, you know, yeah. um, in 2020, I was, um, I won the most consistent award. Nobody made more championship rounds than I did. That's awesome. So that was a really big accomplishment for me. Absolutely. But the next year, like I started winning those events instead of taking second and third and, and putting a string together yeah. of just good performances and good bullfights. And, uh, I was third in the world standings behind chance Mormon and Knox Dunn, um, about a month before the finals. Um, and ended up breaking my ankle at a college rodeo. Yeah. And so that's kind of, uh, that was a huge setback there because, you know, I'll, I worked so hard to try to win that gold buckle, and then it was right there, right where I needed it. I was hot at the right time, and then, you know, God just had a different plan. So, yeah. um, but I learned a lot from that. You know, I learned um, a little humility and um, about my identity and and just got to be a stronger person because of it. So Absolutely, man. Um, you know, I, I hope to get back to that one day. Um but uh, as of right now, I'm just kind of uh, just doing enough to make it to the next one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, you know, you kind of just were alluding to it about kind of where you're at right this second. I know just a couple of weeks ago there's been a video going around of you getting roughed up pretty good. Um, you know, what What about some of the tough times, like tough fights? What, you know, what's your mentality through that? And how do you get through those moments and – you know, talk a little bit about any of the injuries you've had as far as like, you know, the range and just kind of how you fight back to get back into it. Well, um, I guess like, um, when you talk about like difficult moments, you know, it's being a bullfighter can be tough psychologically because you have to, you have to be a humble person because the bulls, they don't care if you've won a world championship or if it's your first time, they don't care about that. But at the same time, you have to have this, um, this confidence and this this cockiness of like you are you know you're the meanest person on the planet you have to believe that you can walk into the arena and be meaner than a bull and you have to genuinely believe that so it you know it's kind of this fine line that you have to walk for your own um mental health at and so it can be difficult to handle that but once you get that handled um you know it 
the thing about bullfighting is sometimes you do everything right, you still get hooked. Yeah. You know, it's just a part of it. Getting hit is what you're going to do. So learning how to have a short memory, um, controlling your emotions, and understanding that, you know, everything's going to work out and be fine. Yeah. Um, you know, like um, that wreck that you, you were talking about, you know, that was the first time I've ever had one get me up against the wall like that. And so for, for a brief second, you know, I thought I was going to die. And then, but as soon as you come out of it, you know, you have to, has to, like, what I do wrong, how can I fix it? And then that's got to go, go on because I'm going to have another fight and I'm going to have to go back into that same arena um, and, and do it all over again. And it, that bull specifically, like all the other bullfighters told me, hey, this one's bad. Like he's, he's tough to fight. He's hard to handle. But the whole time I'm in there, like all I can think about is, well, he's never had to fight me. He's not going to see this coming. He's not going to yeah. see that coming. It's kind of that mentality right. you're now, talking I was, about. I was wrong. Yeah. But you still had to, I still had to go in and I had to try to throw that first punch just to give myself a fighting chance. For sure. So, um, but as far, and as far as injuries go, you know, I've had, um, um, that was my elbow that just popped. Um, <laughs> I've had uh, broken ribs um, on a few occasions, uh, multiple concussions, um, a collapsed lung, a broken ankle. Um, I had a, I got, I had one step on my head one time and it knocked me out. And when I come to, I had like a Looney Tunes bump on my head and like it was growing out. So, so all uh, minor stuff. Oh like yeah. Considering, you're getting at. I mean, <laughs> considering in six, in six years, I've been extremely lucky with the injuries that I've had. So. Yeah. So you, you talked about how you, you were rodeoing in high school with some of those bigger names that a right. lot of people will know, but like, one thing that's super interesting you brought up is kind of the mental health and the mental side of it. How does that compare to the mentality for bull riding? Because I know that our, like a lot of the bull riders we've had on have talked about kind of the mentality that they have to have. Um, but how is it different when you're standing there and you're calling for them and, you know, and you know, they're coming at you and you're, you're basically toying with them because that's what you're, that's what you're being scored right. on, you know? Well, um, you know, there's two big differences. One, it's a it's a different kind of fear, okay. because um, you're there's no there's no whistle, right? When you go out and you do the bull riding, you have to you you point. have to have the same confidence going in there that you would have in a bullfight, where you have to believe that you're better than that animal, yeah. and you have to put the pedal to the metal from the time you get in the buck and shoot to the time the whistle blows. But when you hit the ground, it's game over. You're running away, and you're hoping that someone else take comes in and takes a shot for you there's nobody to come save us, yeah. you know, um, in freestyle, you know, the other guys are on the fence and they're going to try to help out as they can. Cause they don't want to see anybody die, but yeah. it's you and yourself. And then in protection, like I, when I'm teaching my schools, I tell them, I was like, the only people who care about you are you and your partner. Yeah. That's it. No, no one's coming to save you if you go down. Yeah. So, you know, it's a, that's kind of a different kind of fear when it comes to like worst case scenario, you know, no one, you know, those bull riders, like, when you're at a good quality event like a PBR, PRCA, you're going to have good quality bullfighters to go in and take care of you. But um, there's no there's no backup plan for the backup plan. Yeah. Um, but there, with that, there's a different kind of control too. You know, when I was riding bulls, um, there were a lot of times that I would get in a wreck and I would feel out of control. You know, where I was hung up or I'd come down and I'd headbutted one and I just felt like I was at that bull's will. Yeah. But you don't like in the bullfighting, you don't feel that way. You're on yeah. your feet. You're in a fight. You know, you may get pushed and knocked down, but just because that happens doesn't mean that you can't fire right back. So, um, you know, I think definitely pros and cons of that mentality on how they're different. But, um, and I think that I think that there's a lot of similarities between them. 
but they are they're not exactly the same it's yeah. it's different no that's that's great I, I really appreciate you breaking it down like that that's really cool to think about and that visual for anybody that's ever watched it it is it's you it's a bull and yeah there might be some guys on the fence but y'all are mano y mano right, right. and yeah and, and no one's coming to save you until you've gotten until you're down so yeah, until you're in bad shape right and you got to have it anyway um you've alluded to this some but i'd be interested to kind of hear your take in in how faith plays a role for you personally um for bullfighting as a sport in general um, different things like that, because obviously I know it's very important to you. Um, but yeah, if you don't mind, just share a little bit with us about your faith and then kind of how you see that play out in bullfighting. Um, well, um, you know, it, for me, it's incredibly important. You know, I, I kind of, um, my parents fought a lot when I was growing up. And so like, I kind of had a rough life at home. And so Rodeo Bible Camp kind of got to be this place where I could get away from all of that. And, you know, I started to find God in the arena over anything else. You know, I didn't really find him at home in my bedroom or, or even on the car rides. But when I was in the arena, like, you know, I'm at peace, you know, there's a, I wish I knew where it was, but there's a, a, a part in the Bible where he talks about how, he, you know, um, he wasn't, the, the wind goes by and God wasn't in the wind and then the hurricane comes by and God wasn't in the hurricane and he was just there in the peace and in the calm. Yeah. And that's what I find in the arena. You know, it, it's, it's calm and it's cooling and to know that, you know, um, despite what I may encounter, I'm going to be okay because I know that I have my faith, right? Um, with with my faith it's been really simple i am not always the best person i know that i screw up i know that i do a lot of things bad and that's why i have to have jesus and that's why what he did on the cross is such a big big thing for me you know and i try to openly share that as much as i can you know um with uh whenever we're in those freestyle bull fights you know i i grab all of the guys and we pray before the introductions behind the behind closed doors you know um and then just by by living an example, I've been able to do, I've been blessed to do some incredible things through those Rodeo Bible camps. I've seen lots of kids saved and baptized at those camps amazing, because they yeah. see it in our, in our staff members. Yeah. And then not only that, but like after, you know, after 20 some odd years, um, I took my dad to Rodeo Bible camp and my dad was saved. So, you know, wow, just, just to cool. see the impact that you can have on anybody in your life just yeah. by going out and not not preaching at anybody because I, yeah. I am not a preacher. I I barely know what John 3.16 says. <laughs> but just by going out and living that example and knowing that and showing everybody, hey, yeah, it's going to be okay because I have Jesus. And then other people picking up on that and realizing that that's something that they want to have in their life is pretty cool. Yeah, no, that's great. Thank you for sharing that, man. And amen to all of that for sure because that's great that that's happened. So uh, with the faith with the faith element of it, I know that a big deal, we mentioned this at the very beginning, but with you being a Lane Frost athlete, right? Uh, named after Lane, Lane Frost athlete, you know what Miss Elsie and Mr. Clyde do with the Bible, um, you know, with Lane's Bibles. What does that, what does that mean to you uh, when you see that and you know that they do the ministry through that and then also just personally for you being a part of the Lane Frost brand, what does that mean? Well, um, to start on the on the face side of things, you know, um, it's been incredible to get to meet Clyde and Elsie um, through my partnership with Lane Frost. And, and uh, you know, uh, Stetson donates lots of those Lane Frost Bibles to me to be able to give away to these kids at the Rodeo Bible Camp so all of them kids can have free Lane Frost Bibles if they decide that they want to have them. That's and that's, that's a really cool thing that he does oh, yeah. for, for me. Um, but, you know, 
it's just been incredibly cool to see people do exactly what I, what it is I try to do. And, you know, and I think that there's so much more successful at it with me. You know, I heard Miss Elsie at a uh, Bible camp that I was a student at. Um, she shared, she was like, you know, I don't care what reason somebody picks up a Bible, but if we can get it in their hand, we've done our, we've done our job. The rest of it's up to them. And so, you know, that's why I love those, those Bibles laying on them because I remember picking my first one up because it had laying on it and getting it signed by Clyde and Elsie. And that's what it was about for me. And that's how it started, you that's know, so and, it, cool. and it turns yeah. into so much more, um, you know, I, I have a secondhand story, so I don't know that you can quote it on me. But um, <laughs> so I teach, I teach rodeo schools through Lyle Sankey and Sankey Rodeo Schools. I teach yeah. all the bullfighting at those. And Lyle Sankey, um, he tells a story of of Lane um, about how when Lane was traveling to a rodeo, he there was a, a hitchhiker, and Lane picked up the hitchhiker on the side of the road and and just was like, "Hey, you know, where are you going?" Took this guy on a ride and offered yeah. him a Bible, and uh, the guy's like, "No, I'm all right. I don't. That's not really for me. I just I just need a ride." And he said that, you know, Lane didn't push it or anything. He just was, had good conversation with the guy. And he said that then it was like a month or two later, he's driving down the road, picks up the same hitchhiker again. <laughs> and he's like, hey, man, how are you doing? Picks yeah. him up, gives him a ride, offers him a Bible. He's like, no, I'm, I'm okay. I think it's all right. Well, so then fast forward, Cheyenne happens and yeah. Lane dies. Yeah. This guy's in prison for uh, whatever his crime was. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know that part of the story. Guy sees on the news that Lane had died and decides that he is going to finally read that Bible because Lane offered it to him so many times. Oh, my gosh. And, and Guy ends up getting saved. <laughs> and, like, the only reason I've even heard this story is because they said that guy went through somebody to reach out to Clyde Nelsie's parents, and then and then somehow Lyle heard about it. So that is a secondhand story that I heard from Lyle Sankey, yeah. so don't quote oh, me yeah. on it. But, you know, it's just incredibly cool to see see sometimes how we can be just such a little part of a huge plan. Definitely. But, Definitely. And th- but then to touch on the other thing that you asked about, you know, being a part of Lane Frost brand, I think it is the hardest brand in the world to be a, a brand, uh, a partner with or a brand ambassador or anything like that because it, you're not just, it's not a, it's not a shirt. Like that's a guy's name yeah, and likeness a and a legacy, yeah. right? You're representing yeah. the most influential rodeo person in the history of ever. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you have to have to constantly be professional. You have to constantly watch what you say. You have to constantly do everything because at any given moment, there can be a little kid looking at you and you're wearing a Lane Frost shirt with a picture of Lane Frost on it. And if you're cussing, you instantly ruin a legacy, not just not just you, not just your shirt that you're wearing, a legacy. And so it is an immense um, amount of pressure, but yeah. an incredible blessing. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and Stetson does owe so much for me. So it's an yeah, it's I mean, I echo the sentiments you're saying because it's an absolute honor, obviously, not only with this, but doing the documentary and all that. Like, right. It's just, I mean, that's part of the reason it's taking so long, right? It's like, you have to do it right. It has to be and done right. Yeah. And yeah. if it's, you know, it's just, it's hard. It may never be done perfect, you yeah. know, but like, we're getting there. Um, you, you've talked a lot about Lane, and this is something that um, talked to Harp a little bit about. But, you know, when you watch back or you see Lane and Cheyenne and like what happened to him, and, you know, in no way, shape, or form am I asking you to critique anything that happened that day. But just in general, what, you know, the vest came from that. And there's so many safety precautions and measures that kind of came. I know there's been several deaths in the arena, but obviously that was the most high profile. Right. What What do you think that that has done for the, for the sport of bullfighting, cowboy protection, um, things like that? Well, I think, um, I think two really good things that came from it. Um, 
one is obviously the 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 vests. You know, vests have saved countless lives. You know, you you can still die in the sport of bull riding, and everybody who signs up for it knows it. You can still die as a bullfighter. Yeah. Everybody who signs up for it knows that's part of it. You know, but the, but the risks just go down more and more by the advancements of of the helmets and the vests and things like that. But the other thing I think it did is I think it made our sport a lot more mainstream. Yeah. You know, um, Lane's death was one of the biggest things in the news at that time, um, which was incredibly huge. Like, you know, it was a big deal. Yeah. Um, it made uh, eight seconds comes out to tell the story of Lane. And, and though it wasn't exactly told the way um, some people would have wanted it to, that it go, because it is such a hit that it is, it brings so much attention to the sport. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, obviously if things could be different, I would have lo- like – Two people that aren't here that I never got to meet that I wish I could, Lane Frost and Rex Dunn. Yeah. And, you know, so obviously if things could be different, I wish they could be around so I could meet them. Yeah. But, you know, in that, you know, so many – how many people decided they wanted to be a bull rider just because they got to see the, the movie Eight Seconds? How many oh, yeah. people decided they wanted to go watch a bull riding just so we could watch Eight Seconds? You know, that's yeah. that's a big part of it, you know, going, getting people to go watch so that way the rest of us can make a profit doing it because – as much as I love this sport, you can't do it free. Yeah. So, you know, I yeah. think that's that's a For really sure. big part of it, you know. Um, mm. Not not that you can ever try to make light of, of something like that, but, you know, it made it such a mainstream thing. And, and I mean, and, you know, everybody who's anybody knows who Lane Frost is. Yeah. And, and there's been a lot of guys who were really good that didn't have that tragedy happen. And so they, they're not going to be known like Lane will be. Yeah. So, and, and I think, like, you know, if I could go out, I want to go. Like, that'd be a pretty dang cool way to, cool way to go. Doing exactly what you love, yeah. right in the middle of it. You know, I know I'm saved. I know I'm going to heaven. So why not? Yeah, that'd be. I mean, if I could pick, yeah. as long as it's quick and painless. <laughs> in your sport, I don't know that that. Could I don't be know the case, if it man. can be. What about uh? So you're, you know, you're, you're 23, 24, mm-hmm. 23. Um, you're well, relatively young in your career, started in 2018. What are some What are some goals and some things you have in uh, in your plans in your future? Well, um, I want to compete at the California Road to Salinas. I think okay. it's the biggest freestyle in the world. That's I want to compete there. Um, you know, I I think I've been pretty close to going a couple times. The committee picks. I mean, obviously I don't know, but um, but judging by some of the people who've made it, I think I've been up for consideration. Yeah. So I hope one day to go there. Um, I hope that. Uh, you know, I hope one day I can make the national finals rodeo. I just got my Heck PRCA yeah. card and my PBR card last yeah. year. Yeah. Um, so I'd love to make the NFR. I'd love to make the PBR world finals. Um, you know, and, um, and those kind of things like, like it'd be cool just to go once, you know, like yeah. I, I don't have to be Cody Webster. I don't have to go 10 <laughs> times, but yeah. just to go and mark it off and, and, and feel like all of the accomplishments or all of the hard work has, has paid off, um, would be a huge deal. And, and, you know, and my kind of big end game goal is I just I just want to do enough while I'm doing it that when I'm done, I can I can teach people how to do it the right way yeah. and be and be um, have the credit to do it. Yeah. You know, like uh, I, I already teach a lot of like I said, I teach the schools at Sankey Radio Schools and I teach those ready Bible camps. And I think I run into that a lot where I'm wondering if I am qualified. Yeah, you know, because I really haven't done much compared to other guys in the business. Yeah. Um, had a had had been extremely blessed, but haven't done what other guys have done. So it, I kind of struggle with that. You know, am I am I qualified to do this? Yeah. And so it would just be kind of a validation thing for me. Go out and get one of those big accomplishments, and then when I sit down and say, "Hey, all right, I'm I'm going to teach this school." You know, you're not just going to learn from Tucker Lane. You're you know, 
a big learn. deal. Yeah. No, that's a great mentality, dude. Not, I mean, I've seen your career go so far and like, I don't see that as long as you put your mind to it, I don't see there's any reason why you couldn't get there. But, uh, but man, so we actually have a number of fan questions here that I want to jump to real quick. Cause again, we're at the Durant pro rodeo tonight. So we're actually, we're probably all going to head over there here pretty quick. Um, uh, so Salem asks, why did you never ride horses? Um, well, like <laughs> as far as I, I'm going to say, she probably is talking about like bucking horses. <laughs> well, it, it, it's one is pretty simple. Uh, you know, when, when I was nine is when my parents got me that horse and that horse, uh, that I was talking about earlier. Um, later, later we found out this horse was blind and only saw shapes. So this is probably why, uh, but, yeah. <laughs> um, when I was, when I was riding this horse, this horse stood up and fell over backwards on top of me. And I, it didn't hurt me, but it sure, darn sure scared the tar out of me. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I got back up. I rode her the rest of the day because that's the rule. You get bucked off. You got to get yep, back on, yep, right? Next day, on. I was like, sell her. I'm done. Never <laughs> so again. Done. And my parents are like, oh, if we get rid of her, you're not going to get another one. I was like, okay. And then they did. And then they were like, like my mom was always like, so you don't want another horse? No, I don't. And I've been on one horse in the last 10 years. And that one, they had to talk me into doing it at college. And it was literally kid broke. So, wow. yeah, I, I, I don't trust a whole lot of horses. I, I put horses in three categories. You got buck, bucking horses, broke horses, and barrel horses. And they're all terrifying. <laughs> they're all terrifying. That's awesome. Fire-breathing dragons. <laughs> um, so Cecily asks, um, how are you so good at knowing how to get around bulls? Well, to be honest with you, it's, it's kind of common sense. Um, all bullfighting is, is common sense, except the part that says you probably shouldn't do it. You take that part, you throw it away. The rest <laughs> of it's easy. You know, it's, if the bull's on your left, you're going to go to the right. If the bull's on the right, you're going to go to the left. And, or, you know, if it's, if it's a freestyle, I'm trying to look really fancy. Then if he's on the right, I'll fake to the right and go back left. Then yeah. if he's on the left, I'll fake to the left, go back right. I mean, it's, it's really simple. I mean, you can break it down super complicated and talk about their leads and all this other stuff. But, I mean, you can just look at a bull and tell, like, okay, he's on my right side, so I'm going to go to the left. It's, yeah. it's pretty much that easy. I got you. So how, how limited, and this is kind of a spinoff of that question, but like when you, when bulls are moving, cause I've heard, you know, stock contractors will say the same thing. Like they'll go on pins with bulls and they'll kind of move them around and different things like that. Obviously they're not like jumping out of the way, but, but at the same time, like how much mobility does a bull have? Like if it is going right and you do, you know, you're like, I'm going to go left, right? Is it, I mean, is it that simple? How fast of change of direction do some um, of these bulls have? Some, some more than others. Um, yeah. What makes a bull pretty easy, what, what makes a bull good to fight? I don't want to say easy. What makes a bull good to fight is he's constantly going where you're at, not where you're going. Okay. So as long as he's chasing you and you're, move, and you're moving ahead, then you're fine. And, you know, you can move, we always say go to, go to the bull. So you're moving in a, a tight angle, kind of a 45-degree angle, and then around in a tight circle. And that yeah. kind of keeps that bull maneuvering. And he's always going where you're at, so as long as you're moving out of the way, you'll be fine. Yeah. And then occasionally you'll find one um, who who's seen a lot, so he knows a lot, kind of like the white bull that I had uh, two weeks ago. You know, that bull had just – he was incredibly smart. So every time I started to go left, he would just drop his shoulder and change and, and cut change me directions. off. And yeah. he was going where I was going, yeah. not where I was at. So there were a lot of times that I would just have to stop really fast on a dime and let him go ahead and, you know, and things like that. Gosh, and, that would blow uh, my knee out. Yeah, and so it was <laughs> – so, like, there are, like – 
he's he's the one percent. He's the exception. I got you. Know, you know, most okay. of the time a bull's just really good, and he's going to where you are, See, not so where you're going. You. And yeah. so you can constantly um, stay ahead of him. Cool, cool. Miles Miles and Mountains podcast asks, "What made you go from Mountain Dew to being coached by the great Dusty Tuckness?" <laughs> oh. Um, well, I think that's a typo. Um, one, I still do love Mountain Dew. Um, <laughs> I, I do indeed. Um, but uh, I did hire Weston Nikowski as my personal trainer while I was in college. Um, cool. I uh, just think that uh, I, for a long time I thought working out was just enough. And then like I was like, let me try this one time. And I hired Weston to be a personal trainer and, and realized that like if you want to take your game to the next level, you have to know how to train. Yeah. And working out and training aren't the same thing. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think I, I did post on Instagram that I was uh, working with Weston. Um, and so I think he might have got Weston and Dusty okay. confused. Yeah. But, um, but no, I, that was that was kind of something that because I, I always worked out, you know, yeah. maybe only here and there sometimes be, like because I'm a pretty indecent shape guy. Yeah. Um, but then once I started working for with working with Weston, I realized that Game training changer. is not working out. It's yeah. it's intense. So. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, Jalen asks, do you still practice with Dale Brisby? Do I practice with Dale Brisby? So no. Um, the the story behind that is uh, whenever the UBF started, we uh, we all went out to Dale's house and had a freestyle oh, there on the beach. I got you. And uh, got we all beaches of Winnebago, right? <laughs> and we almost all got murdered that weekend oh because we were told fresh bulls, so which we assumed calves, two and three year old bulls, and he showed up with these six year old fourteen hundred pound bulls. That like the first guy out broke his arm went to the hospital. Oh god! Like yeah, no, it was like Jeez. Uh, there were I think there were twelve guys out that day. I think eight of them got hooked, oh, including geez. myself. But um, but I always get hooked, so it's fine. But no, <laughs> I I don't practice at Dale's anymore. I am still friends with Dale Brisby. Um, he always gives me crap because I'm the Lane Frost guy. But uh, <laughs> but yes, that's funny. Does, does he try to claim he's a better bull rider than Lane? Or does he actually leave that one alone? Uh, I've never heard him <laughs> I've never heard him make that claim, but uh I'm sure that will be a ride off in heaven one day. <laughs> uh Darcy asks, What is your biggest career goal? Oh man, it's it's gotta be the yellow buck and shoots, you know. I mean yeah. I'd love to win a freestyle world championship. It would be awesome. Yeah. Um, but that wouldn't mean near to me what uh what going to the yellow NFR, shoots is. Yeah. You know, um and just just watching Redo go last year was oh, a was huge cool. yeah. inspiration because you know he's a guy like me like he doesn't live in the the, the bullfighter area he yeah. doesn't doesn't you know he's not in this like he didn't have this master who like protegeed him and and everything else like that he was just he was just a guy who just yeah. loved fighting bulls worked really hard at it went and did a. Uh, I, the tough Hedeman tour mm-hmm. went and went and made his name for himself. Went and did the freestyles, backflipped over a couple bulls, yeah. and then next thing you know, he's at the NFR. And it was like, yeah, yeah if, because he did it, I know I can. And it was so cool. So. Yeah, now Bryce is a good buddy of mine. He's he's great. Yeah, I, that was yeah. So we when we he was one of our first podcasts in 2020 at the NFR, and uh, I had him on because I'm you know knew him through tough Hedeman events and all that, and um. It, we actually, I asked him, what's your, what's your goal? And he said, NFR. And then, so he got to do that, which yeah, was, it was pretty amazing. It was incredible. I remember when we were waiting for the votes to come out and, and it was like, man, I think Reader's going to go. And everyone was like, I don't know. But, yeah. but when he made it, it was like, like, so cool. He is living proof. If you just work your butt off, it, it can happen. That's so cool. Yeah. 
Um, shout out Bryce for sure, man. Uh, so Patrick asks this last question. He says, who are you cheering for, for tonight at the Durant Pro Rodeo? I gotta be honest. I don't know who's out. <laughs> Trey, I, Trey's out. I'm oh, there you go. for Trey Holster. Yeah, that was true. He was another guy <laughs> I high school rodeoed with, yeah. believe it or not. Um, yeah. but, uh, no, I, uh. I just hope they ride a few. Yeah. You know, I've been going Same. to I've been going to some pro rodeos lately, and they ride like one. <laughs> like I would just like you know I I cheer for everyone in the bull ride tonight. It's I would like loaded. to see everybody. It's pretty loaded. Jeff Askey, Dustin oh. Boquet. Heck yeah, Trey. a lot of NFR guys. Yeah, we got some NFR for, guys. Cool. Out well, I I just hope. I think Trey Kimsey too. I hope they all ride one. Honestly, yeah. like I would rather watch every single person ride one and nobody fall off and it'd be like one of those shows then yeah. watch everybody fall off and then the bullfighters are like well the show sucked let me get hooked so people come back tomorrow because <laughs> yeah. like I that agree. happens <laughs> man thank you so much for being here man um if y'all wouldn't mind audience uh we'd love to hear your feedback and if you're enjoying what you hear through these podcasts please make sure and comment or give a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts Tucker, man, anything else you would like to say to your fans and fans of the sport? Mm, life's a garden. Dig it. <laughs> Simple enough. Man, again, Tucker, thank you so much for being here. I really, really enjoyed this. And again, thank you all for listening and Lane Frostbrand for sponsoring these podcasts for 2023. Without that support, we couldn't do what we love doing for y'all. Make sure and go to lanefrost.com for merch and all things Lane Frost, along with their social media and other platforms use our code tdt15 for savings on your next purchase also big thank you to choctaw casinos and resorts for their hospitality this is such an incredible place just a short drive from the metroplex food fun and games galore provide an awesome getaway choctaw stay a while play a while tucker what are your social handles and where can people follow along with what you have going on man uh, at Tucker Lane 13 on Instagram. And then uh, it's Tucker Lane Mac William on uh, Facebook. Uh, I've got a TikTok too. I think it's Tucker Lane. Uh, post some highlights on there sometimes. Um, but uh, Instagram, you can see everything. I post, awesome. post anything and everything, unless it's like a bad hooking. And then I wait for somebody <laughs> else to post it. <laughs> yeah. Well, y'all can find some of those out there too. Also, follow along with us on social media at Tough Draw and at Tough Draw Talks for more episodes of our podcast as we continue to bring y'all closer to the rodeo community. Until next time, everyone, enjoy the ride. <laughs> <laughs>